0: This is episode 588 of the AWS Podcast, released on May 22nd, 2023. Podcast confirmed. Welcome to the official AWS Podcast.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AWS Podcast. Simon with you. Great to have you back. I'm joined by a special guest. I'm joined by Brandon Drager, who's a director in our analytics team. Welcome to the podcast, Brandon. Thanks, Simon. It's great to be here today. It's good to have you here. Now I'm sitting here in Melbourne, Australia, and it's wintertime here, so it's it's rainy and miserable, which sort of is my mental model of
0: where you live, which is Portland, <laughs> Oregon. You know. <laughs> but I'm probably wrong, aren't I? <laughs> you know, that's the uh, that's the story we like to tell folks. It's not it's not always that as it is. So don't tell anybody. Oh, okay. Just as long okay. as it's between you and I and make sure no one oh, else okay. hears this. Uh, it does get sunny there I sometimes. Sun <laughs> it does. We've got, uh, we usually have a few head fakes. Uh, we have multiple springs where we think it's spring and then winter shows its head again. But we're currently <laughs> in uh, in spring right now. So it's, it's really lovely. Excellent.
1: Excellent. So we're going to talk a bit about analytics today. And in particular, we're going to talk about Redshift. But before we do, Brandon, tell me a little bit about yourself. Besides the fact you live in Oregon, what's yeah. your uh, expertise on this particular topic that we're diving into today?
0: Yeah, I've got a bit. So uh, I just uh, recently joined uh, AWS back in October. And I've throughout my uh, career I've been engineering, product management, a little bit of marketing as well, and done a lot of that at uh, more stalwart tech companies. So Dell, Intel, Cray, HPE, and Google Cloud. And I've been spent a lot of that time in the data space. So everything from Big data to traditional analytics, AI, ML, all the way up to HPC and supercomputing. So uh, nice. a little nice bit sir. of background in data.
1: Yeah. You've seen some stuff is what we like seen to seen some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so amazingly, Amazon Redshift was released 10 years ago uh, and I it was know. the first cloud data warehouse. It was a big deal at the time. I remember when it was launched at, uh, at reInvent back in the day and it really, uh, it really shocked some folks in a good way. And but today, you know tens of thousands of customers use it to analyze exabytes of data. I mean it's a lot of data. So why do customers care? And why is data warehousing still relevant today? Like is it still a thing?
0: Yeah, it is. you know, uh, and yeah, data warehousing's been you know around for for quite a while, you know, um, you know for years now. And as you mentioned, you know when, when redshift was launched, you know ten years ago at reinvent by Andy Jassy, it was, really to disrupt, you know, the old guard, the costly, hard to scale data warehousing systems that customers were struggling with at the time. And the first cloud data warehouse we launched was launched at one-tenth the cost of traditional warehouses. And we've just been working on this quest to continue to reinvent that space um, over and over again. And, you know, since then, you know, our customers' needs have obviously you know changed quite a bit. we at, at Amazon. Obviously, we're very customer obsessed. Um, so, in addition to wanting you know high performance and uh, the ability to control costs, they're also dealing with much much more data, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, exabytes now. <laughs> yeah. Than versus terabytes, <laughs> it's just normal. It's yeah. yeah. And you know, in data, not only has it grown, it's just become so critical to every decision and every application. And now, you know, as organizations are working to transform themselves with data, they want to get more and more data users involved. So it's not just about the hmm. database, hmm. you know, administrator anymore. They want more folks involved in the process and being able to act on that data. So, you know, is, is data warehousing relevant? You know, absolutely. Um, what's really, you know, relevant for our customers, though, is how to move from data to insights, you know, really in record speed now, um, yeah, regardless yeah. of how many users, who's using it, or where the data is sitting.
1: And so we've really moved away from that old model of you know the big expensive data warehouse that only a few people could That's access right. and it had to be handcrafted. But how does Redshift help our customers actually do that? Like what's, what's changed in the, I guess, the architecture and the way it works to make that possible?
0: Yeah. So, uh, you know, a couple things have changed over over the time, right? So it's, it's you know, we've gone from, again, kind of where we started at smaller scale down to like, you know, literally pet, we've got many customers running at, at a petabyte scale daily. And as you mentioned, we've got, you know, exabytes of data within Redshift. And it's, you know, in response, you know, we've seen that growth happen as, you know, customers are looking at, how to start moving? You know, data that's sitting in different stores and starting to get to a point where they can, you know, drive insight. Where they can, you know, um, share that data through dashboards. They can, you know, move forward and get closer to almost near real time application or even predictive insights that'll help them, you know, make more effective decisions for their organization. And you know, the scale at which you know Redshift can operate is is just massive, as we've talked about, and it's mm-hmm. it's really you know lent to its It's MPB architecture that's really been able to address these, you know, kind of big new influxes of data and variability in the number of data users, all while keeping, you know, the experience really consistent and highly performant. And, you know, as we mentioned earlier, as we're all concerned about these days, you know, how to how to keep that cost effective. And to do that, you know, we're viewing as, you know, kind of the modern data warehouse that Redshift is, is its ability to tap into a number of different data systems Mm. in order to really democratize data to a large number of users. And AWS has been making really deep investments in enabling Redshift to be compatible and seamlessly operating with uh, customers' Amazon S3 data lake, operational databases like Aurora, or RDS, um, and now increasingly third-party data housed in aws data exchange yeah and even to stream data that is coming in from aws streaming services like kinesis or msk and you know this interplay between the data warehouse and the data lake is is very important you know customers tend to store obviously a lot of their data in a data lake and then use their data warehouse for high performance Mm -hmm. analytics so the data warehouses should be able to tap into the data lake by either accessing the data in place or easily moving that data into the warehouse, so that's been another area where we've really focused on uh, quite a bit. Is just that whole notion of how do we make that data more available and accessible, and you know, as a result, um, we've worked on trying to save a lot of pain related to ETLing the data any you know, every time you want to, <laughs> to analyze it. So really, kind of reducing that that you know kind of that burdensome overhead.
1: Yes, ETL, my old friend, we meet again. (laughs) For those who are are not familiar with ETL, it means extract, (laughs) transform and load. And it's three dirty words of IT that really discuss the the (laughs) wonderful joys of integrating different systems and sources of data and compatibility and everything. And it's always sort of the the, the unloved part of, of what a lot of folks have to do is usually really important and is either horrendously expensive or slow. Um, but uh, you know we 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 hear that from customers and you know both of us have lived that so uh, yeah. what are we doing about that like what's redshift doing to help solve for that
0: yeah you know and customers just you know we hear from them all the time on how much time and overhead their their engineers and administrators are spending you know either building you know custom solutions uh, to move data from one place to another or you know, dealing with latency and errors with data movement so it's it's really been a, a big you know focus for us you know and, and at the end of the day right organizations are going to continue to have multiple data stores right and they're growing by the minute you know uh finance will store data in one system marketing in another the data needs to talk to each other and people in these departments need to be working on shared consistent data so across our databases uh, analytics and ML services we're investing in, what we're calling a zero ETL future, uh, where we move closer to the world where data movement and access across these sources is more seamless. So we're not saying ETL is going away forever, no, right? It's, no. not, it's still going to exist <laughs> in some form, but uh, it's it's we want to take a lot of that heavy lifting out of it. So we've, we've been on this path for a while where we're building a lot of capabilities that start down that road to make that process easier. So things like, Spectrum and federated querying within Redshift is is one of those capabilities that we've been um, you know really kind of honing in on the last couple of years. We've also implemented within Redshift uh, new data sharing capabilities, you know, where data can be shared across departments, organizations, and regions securely so that all these teams are working on the same data sets. And this is, you know, again. Increasingly we hear from customers, right? It's not just about their data. they want access to other third-party mm-hmm. data sources with mm-hmm. whatever those might be. you know if it might be some industry specific data source or some social media source or what have you, right? So they're really interested in that and and that's been you know a big again kind of a focus for us as we built out this this marketplace that we call AWS data exchange. And it's got, you know, over 3,000 data sets from over 350 providers. And that's just <laughs> like growing daily. I'm sure that that number is like way out of date just today yeah, and the, know, <laughs> the yeah. number of sources they've added to it. And then, you know, also too, you know, as we're seeing more and more streaming data coming in. So we've also introduced streaming ingestion that, uh, again, kind of moves streaming data from Kinesis and MSK and into Redshift automatically. And, you know, this is a, this is a real game changer Kind of capability for a lot of real real time you know, stream analytics use cases like anomaly detection, and that can be used for you know fraud detection, security use cases, all sorts of different scenarios. So um, you know, and last reinvent, you know, we moved even further ahead in this space by bringing in automatic ingestion of S3 file data into Redshift with mm. just a single copy command, <laughs> so eliminating again kind of a lot of that elaborate ETL process that need to be put in place to move data into the warehouse. Yeah. And then finally, where you'll hear more from us, AWS talking about this moving forward, our customers will, is kind of a signature launch on this first kind of step forward in this kind of ZT, zero ETL vision that we've talked about, where we announced integrations with Amazon Aurora to uh, to Redshift, where it's, it's essentially no code, for transactional data from Aurora um, our operational database is is available or can be made available in Redshift for analytics within seconds of being wow. written into Aurora.
1: Yeah, that, that is that is a game changer and is really um yeah. There's there's so much heavy lifting that goes into making that possible. Yeah, the fact that it can just happen is like wow. That's a uh, that's pretty cool. Now, you know, there's there's a lot of that you've launched and a lot that the team's been working on. But as we uh, often talk to folks about. The way we build is, you know, over ninety percent of our roadmap comes from customer requests. And Absolutely. so, what are some of the customer stories or use cases that you're seeing and hearing that are really driving this demand? Like, what's what's the point?
0: Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it comes down, you know, customers need data from across all their data systems at their fingertips. And as we mentioned, you know, we have a lot. Uh, organizations have a lot more data users mm-hmm. who are wanting to, mm-hmm. you know, gain insights or conduct analytics as they're making data more and more central to to really all aspects of their business. So, you know, we have companies like Playrix, which is a, a mobile gaming company, and they're needing to enable all their data users with tools for both historical and, and real-time analytics on hundreds of terabytes of data. And then we have, you know, organizations like NASDAQ that manage 30 to 70 billion records daily <laughs> and growing. <laughs> and they need to operate, you know, at huge scale and tap into data from their data lake, you know, to bring that all together. And then there's organizations in the healthcare industry like Pfizer, Moderna, Roche and Gilead that apply redshift analytics to their research and their drug development use cases. So, in, in those situations they are really kind of enabling their whole ecosystem of stakeholders from payer organizations, the hospitals and researchers, all to access and analyze data. Mm-hmm. So, um, It's just, you know, amazing. And we see, you know, not only that, you know, we're seeing more and more of the lines being blurred from our customers. They're asking like, you know, it's, I think, you know, those of us have been, you know, seen some stuff, as you said, as you mentioned (laughs) earlier, right? You know, there there used to be kind of these like nice, nicer silos and well kind of drawn lines around, okay, this is, these are, you know, canonically analytics. This is canonically HPC. This is canonically, everyone's, you know, in their nice little swim lane. Uh, But increasingly, you know, not surprisingly, we're seeing customers who are wanting to bring, you know, machine learning processes and their analytics together. And really, you know, we see for a lot of our customers that data warehouse is the best place to do that. Mm -hmm. And with a capability called Redshift ML, we can make that possible. So this essentially enables SQL developers to create, build, and train models in SQL without moving the data out of the warehouse. That's cool. And, you know, that's a pretty big surface area because we've got, you know, customers are running more than 80 billion queries every week. So that's I, a huge opportunity huge. for folks to just take more and more advantage of, of ML directly, natively in, in their data warehouse.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, I keep telling folks, learn SQL. It's the way. It's, the, it's super powerful and uh, <laughs> it never it's goes away. Part. That's right. <laughs> it's, and, it, and it is interesting how, the demand side of data has really driven the supply side. So all these new mm-hmm. personas needing stuff has has driven a lot of the innovation. But I guess you know we, we've talked a lot about what's happened. But in the uh, in the spirit of, but what have you done for me lately? What's Racial. new in twenty twenty three?
0: You know, well we uh, we've not been sitting back on our laurels. We've been uh, we've got a lot going on. Uh, so. Yeah, so we've got a lot of launches this year um, that have really been around ease of use mm, and mm. making it more cost-effective for our customers to get started with analytics and also, you know, along with that, you know, a lot of investments in security and reliability. So just a few things, you know, we've just been a couple of Minor, minor little in. things, yeah. <laughs> minor areas, yeah. So, you know, we've been working on, you know, as again, we talked about earlier about wanting to democratize access and that means... Really, how do you get more first-time users, you know, engaged? So one of the things we've been doing there is we've been working on a guided getting started experience with Amazon Redshift serverless. Mm-hmm. And we do that. We can do that through a free trial. So it's, again, like zero barriers to entry. And, you know, enabling them to start with just small amounts of data, you know, without really requiring too much compute uh, and these are great for just kind of again, kind of testing the waters. Great for you know dev test environments, smaller mm-hmm. analytics workloads, data exploration, and uh, yeah. So it's it's a really cost effective way for them to to kind of get started and, and get up and, and running and, expand and test for the ideas. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And then you know we've we've uh, made generally available uh, a lot of the capabilities announced at Reinvent. Mm-hmm. So there's a bunch there. So there's uh, things such as uh, Amazon Lake Formation. We've uh, improved you know managed governments for data sharing. Right, so that's really yeah. becoming increasingly important. Really important if you want customers yeah. to. Well, the more people access, accessing, the more you got to control. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, you want more control comes with it, right? So yep. hopefully, yep. control enables that. You know that that ability to for, for, for those users to engage more, and you know a number of other features. You know, we talked about you know so dynamic data masking to protect sensitive data. So that's another important one, right? That's After secure cool, that man. data, there's really important. Um, you know, to secure those that, that the PII information, um, and then also just you know. Other capabilities, like quality life fe- features, so, so new SQL capabilities that are mm-hmm. they're going to help a lot with uh, customers who are looking to accelerate data warehouse migrations. And, um, you know, we also at reInvents announced and previewed some um, multi-AZ deployments for Redshift. Uh-huh. So obviously, you know, as, as data becomes, you know, more used, it's, you know, it's you don't want to have any single points of failure, right? So we, obviously with the cloud architecture, you eliminate a lot of that, but also... Yeah. In you know in use uh, in production right, so you do not disturbing applications and whatnot. We've we're making our data warehouses even more reliable because um, they are becoming you know mission critical workloads. Mm-hmm. So these you know kind of new multi AZ deployments. That enable, you know, kind of seamless switch over to new ACs if a if a customer needs to, if they have that situation where something something happens. Stuff happens. And I think it's, as we know. stuff does happen.
1: And I think it's interesting too, because yeah. the data warehouse used to not be, you know, in the critical path per se, except for, you know, the only things I recall it being in the critical path were for things like a compliance reporting on a monthly basis or some sort of information required for the for the board, et cetera. But it wasn't like day-to-day. Um, mm-hmm. you know, transactional level, almost um, uh, reliability, but now it's kind of snuck into that, and I guess allied to its importance is then, well, if everyone's using it, what does it cost me to run? Exactly, okay. and yeah. and you know, one of the enduring themes of the AWS podcast has been how to save customers money. So how do we, you know, and and you know, in this day and age, things aren't great in the economy, so everyone's looking for savings. How do people think about this uh, in terms of their data analytics workloads? Because the one side, side we're saying, well, lots mm-hmm. more people to use the data, we want to store more data, but budgets are shrinking. How do we balance that?
0: Yeah. So we in the you know in data warehousing language, you know, we kind of we call that you know this kind of area of, of concern: price performance, right? Where we really want to help our customers extract both maximum performance for a given dollar, and and Redshift is, is kind of been a leader in the space and continues to be. Um, and we've been you know really focused on delivering that best price performance really at any scale uh, of data or users um, from the beginning. And in fact you know we can deliver up to 5x or better performance price performance than other cloud data warehouses. Uh, when you compare industry data, you know, and it's and it's for t- things like traditional benchmarks like TPC-H and TPC-DS, but we also benchmark against real-world workloads, right? So it's it's meaningful, like things like yeah. concurrency scaling, right, uh, that are more relevant to to a lot of our our customers who are thinking about, okay, great, I understand your benchmark, but how is that actually applied to like yeah, a real-world yeah. scenario? Yeah. Which, so yeah, what does it, it mean
1: was, for me? I'm not running, hey. yeah, I'm not running benchmark workloads.
0: I'm running real workloads. Exactly. They they always don't match up. Right. So we want to give them that that kind of uh, ability to translate between the two. So at least it's a starting point. Right. For what yeah. might, yeah. might be delivered for them. Yeah. And then, you know, beyond that, you know, a lot of that is that advantage is really possible because of, you know, the innovations and performance optimizations under the hood. And a lot mm. of that is driven by ML. Right. Mm, mm. Uh, so there'll be a lot more. Just a little teaser. Uh, there'll mm-hmm. be a lot more to hear about that in our upcoming AWS Data Insights Day, where we have a lot of sessions on price performance and how Redshift is able to, uh, to deliver some leadership and innovation there. So, and then Very of good. course, finally, last but not least, there's the TCO aspect, total cost of ownership aspect of where companies are looking to save costs and, you know, and manual activities like some of the ones we talked about, like around ETL and administration and optimization mm. and skilling up their resources to do data science. And again, a lot of the investments that we've made and serverless and zero ETL that we talked about earlier and Redshift ML, which we mentioned earlier. Removes a lot of the administrative activities and empowers a lot more types of users uh, to get more value and do different things with their data all in one mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm. So this is you know this is really we see this as a big way that our customers are able to to save costs and we offer a lot of our features as well you know, security features and things like automated materialized views at at no additional costs. And a lot of other vendors, they have to pay a a premium at a higher, Mm. you know, price tier to get the same kind of benefits.
1: Yeah, that that can sneak up on you that those types of features that uh, get charged extra. It's like, well, then, Mm -hmm. you know, then you start having to make trade-offs, which we just don't want customers to make. So, you know, we want security features there by default. We want people to be able to use the data. So... I think it's, that's a really important way to look at the, the overall cost. Yeah. So you, you touched on a little thing called AWS Data Insights Day, and that's coming up on the 24th of May. Now, this is the first time that we're hosting such an event. So can you tell us a bit about it and who should go and maybe a few uh, sneak peek sessions that you'd recommend people uh, have, a, have a listen to?
0: Ah, for sure. Yeah. So as you might have gathered from everything I said, there's a lot. To share about Redshift, uh, there's a lot that's been happening not just the last year, but uh, in the last couple of years. So, mm. folks that maybe have known Redshift before, and you know, there's a lot to come back and learn learn more about. So, it's uh, customers, current and past. It's you know new developers, analysts, and practitioners who are looking to get this domain should join. Particularly if they want to learn about, you know, the evolution of, of Redshift and kind of what, you know, the modern you know, data warehouse looks like, right? You're able to do, it's really become kind of the, the center piece of a lot of our customers' data architectures, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, The level of integration that we're offering, the level of capabilities and, you know, not being able to just do SQL queries, but also being able to kind of be a hub for machine learning, right? And being able mm-hmm. to expand mm-hmm. that accessibility to more users. So we've been doing, AWS has been doing a lot of these innovation days. So we have like Pi Day is a really famous one that we do every yeah, year. Yeah. So we're introducing, you know, these new innovation days. You know, first you celebrate, you know, with our customers. It's a big portion of uh, what we'll be talking about on the day of and how our customers are are seeing success and enabling them to talk about, you know, what they like and what what they've been able to do with data through Redshift. And uh, yeah, and just general education and sharing those stories. So We've got a really great lineup. So we have Rahul Patak, who's the VP of Relational Engines, who is actually the first product yeah. manager on Redshift yeah. 10 years ago. So uh, so he's been around Redshift for <laughs> a bit. Some <laughs> Seen some stuff. Seen some stuff, yes. And he'll, so there'll be keynoting, uh, but we'll have as part of that keynote, it's going to be really centric around our customers. So we'll mm-hmm. have uh, customers like Gilead. Uh, Schneider Electric, Peloton, JP Morgan, McDonald's and others all joining in uh, to that. So it's, uh, you know, it's inspiring and, you know, deeply educational to learn, you know, as we've been getting ready for this uh, the last couple of yeah, months yeah. Uh, about how these companies are in and, what and where they, they are. Do. Yeah. Yeah. It's been it's been really, really fantastic. And yeah, it's you know, we think it's. We've got a great set of educational sessions on the back end of mm-hmm. the day. Lots of on-demand content there, or you can learn more about what's new in Redshift and how to think about, you know, in database ML from our resident ML expert and leader. And you know, we've got sessions on price performance, serverless, variety of different best practices on not just how to use, but how to migrate to Redshift. So regardless of what you're interested in, we've got something for you, I think. So I I promise uh, uh, (laughs) you won't be disappointed, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That sounds great. And this is a a virtual event. So of course, all our listeners all around the world can register for it and get access to it. And there'll be a link in the show notes so that you can sign up and get into it. And uh, I think it'll be pretty exciting. Brandon, that's been a a lot we've covered in a short period of time, but sounds like just a taste of what there is to come at the Data Insights Day. Yeah, it's going to be a great one. Uh, Excellent. Thanks so much for coming on the show and sharing that with us. Yeah, thanks, Simon. Thanks for having me. And thanks, everyone, for listening. We do love to get your feedback. AWS Podcast at Amazon.com is the place to do it. And until next time, keep on building.